Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Irvindale. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Today we conclude Mike's message on Luke. Hebrews chapter 2 verses 14 and 15 say this. Since therefore the children, and that word children there is talking about the human beings that the Messiah would save, since the children share in flesh and blood, then he himself, the Messiah, likewise had to partake of the same things. That through death, and only as a human could he die, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. The Messiah had to be human. So he had to come through humanity. He had to come through the woman. But he could not have the seed of Adam in him. Because Adam was the one who sinned with his eyes wide open. Remember, the the woman was deceived. But the man simply rebelled. And that's when they fell. And that's when their eyes became open. Now, it is true That women have a sin nature. Can I get a witness on that, men? (laughs) However, it would seem as we study the scripture that the sin nature is not passed through the woman but passed through the seed of the man. It was through the man, Adam, that sin entered the world and thus spread to all men. It doesn't say it was through Eve that sin entered the world. Romans chapter 3. If Jesus were conceived by the seed of man, then he would have man's sin nature. If the seed of man were omitted and a child conceived without it, then the child would be human, yes, but would not have inherited the sin nature. And friends, that's why this whole issue of virgin conception versus no virgin conception is so important. Brings me to truth point number two. If Mary conceived by way of normal sexual relations, the child would be the seed of man. If she were a virgin, the child would not be of man and by necessity be a miracle act of God himself. And so the point of Mary being a virgin is not just doctrinal wrangling but of the utmost importance to us. It marks the difference between whether her child was going to be a sinner like everyone else or was going to be the spotless lamb of God. Luke says she was a virgin, conceived as a virgin, and remained a virgin until she delivered the Lord Jesus Christ. Moving on to other issue, another issue here beyond her being a virgin, we come to verse 28 and Gabriel's greeting to Mary. Notice what it says. Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. That's from the ESV uh, translation. Now, when I look at that greeting, I don't see anything special. We can just pass right on and, and move to something more important. Yet, there must be something of importance here because we find that Mary was troubled by the greeting. There was something about that sentence that caused Mary to find herself being a little bit uneasy, maybe a lot uneasy. We, we get the impression that she wasn't uneasy by his appearance as much as by his words. 
what he said to her. What did he say to her? Oh, favored one. Now remember the uh, geographical context we painted last week? Where Mary was born, where she grew up, the the lot of life that she had? I'm sure she's sitting there thinking, or standing there, or kneeling there, or prostrate on the ground there thinking, how am I favored? Why am I favored? I'm just a young, educated, unsophisticated girl from Nazareth, engaged to a simple carpenter. What is this favoring you're talking about? Hey, man, look up ordinary in the dictionary, and my picture is right there. What did Gabriel mean by that statement? Well, I'm going to tell you what he meant, and then I'm going to tell you how it's gotten all messed up. Here's what he meant. He was announcing to her that God had chosen her to be the recipient of uncommon divine grace. That's why she's, that's why she's troubled. Because she understands somewhat of what he's talking about. God has chosen you, little Mary, to be the recipient of uncommon divine grace. Specifically, what is that divine grace? It is the supernatural ability to conceive and carry to term the Christ child. And the point that I want to make sure you get here this morning is that Gabriel's announcement indicated to Mary that God was going to give her something she didn't already have. He was going to bestow upon her this uncommon grace. Now, it's important that you hold that thought in your head because there has arisen over the last couple, well, I'd say the last 1,500 years, an errant teaching about this whole thing based on this greeting. And that's why we're taking the time to tear it apart. Based on an errant translation in the Latin Vulgate, which was a Roman Catholic church initiative to translate the scriptures out of Greek, the New Testament out of Greek into Latin, there was an errant translation which rendered, instead of it being Mary favored one, it was put in the Latin Vulgate, Mary full of grace. Most of you are going, so? Well, the Roman Catholic Church then created a teaching which led to Mary being worshipped because of that statement as a co-dispenser of saving grace along with Jesus. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Roman Catholic Church. It is not my intention to lamb blast or make fun of. That is not my point. My point is just to report the facts. And the fundamental problem with this whole issue is this, that when translated as Mary favored one, then this is what we understand. We understand that Mary is simply a girl who is devoid of any intrinsic, that means natural grace within her, and she's about to be blessed by God as he bestows something on her she doesn't already have. When we translate it as Mary full of grace... Mary then, by nature, is filled with divine grace, thus not being a recipient of anything from God, but being recognized as one who can give from her own storehouse God's grace to others. The teaching of Mary being full of grace was put into a prayer form 
It's called the Ave Maria. And it reinforces the teaching. Here's the prayer. I put it in your note guide. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now. Why would you ask Mary to pray for you? Why would you ask Mary to intercede for you unless you believe Mary had something to give you or had some influence? Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and especially at the hour of our death because if any time you need divine grace, it's when you're about to cross over. Amen. But this whole issue goes deeper than a simple prayer. According to papal proclamation, the Roman Catholic Church took the position of full of grace, Mary being full of grace on her own, thus elevating Mary to the same status in part as Jesus. Here are these papal proclamations. Pope Pius X in his encyclical Adeum Lillum Lestissimum. I'm from West Virginia, folks. I don't speak that language. <laughs> but I looked him up. I went to the websites, the Catholic websites. I, 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 I literally, on Thursday, spent close to two hours reading these, to find these statements to ensure that I'm telling you truth. And they're there. So Pope Pius hailed Mary as the dispensatrix. That simply means female distributor. Of all the gifts that our Savior purchased for us by his death and by his blood. The supreme ministry of the distribution of graces. The distributor of the treasuries of his merits. You understand what he's, what's being said there? Pope Leo XIII in his encyclical Octobre Mens writes... Mary is the intermediary through whom is distributed unto us this immense treasure of mercies gathered by God. Pope Pius IX in his encyclical in Ephalibus Deus said, Mary is the seat of all divine graces, adorned with all gifts of the Holy Spirit, an almost infinite treasury and inexhaustible abyss of these gifts. In his book, Fundamentals of Catholic Dogma, Ludwig Ott sums it up with this statement. Since Mary's assumption into heaven, and I, I want to stop there because you may not know what that means. You see, in Catholic, Roman Catholic doctrine, the belief is, is that just as Jesus was raised from the dead and then was ascended into heaven to take his place at the right hand of the throne of God, so Mary was raised from the dead. And was then assumed into heaven where she takes her place there with her son Jesus. That, that's what is meant by assumption. Since Mary's return to heaven, having been resurrected from the dead, no grace is conferred on man without her actual intercessory cooperation. All from a greeting. Favored one or full of full one. You see, folks, let me assure you that words matter. Oh, who wants to study doctrine? Who cares? I mean, let's just all just come together in a big group hug around Jesus. It's all, we're all the same. No, we're not. It's not all the same. There is differences, and there are important differences that we must understand what truth is. Is she full of grace? If she is, I'm going to drop to my knees and beg her for what I need. If she's not full of grace, then I'm going to 
uh, celebrate her special favor, and I'm going to go to Jesus. But words matter, and, and this is why great care must be taken to ensure that we understand and translate God's word correctly. It also underscores the importance of getting our doctrine from Scripture alone and not from the pronouncements of man, be he a pope or be he the pastor of the mission church. So the question is, is Gabriel announcing to Mary that God is going to bestow uncommon grace upon her, or is he announcing that Mary is a person already possessing said grace in her own right? One leads to an understanding that Mary is a humble young woman whom God selected by his own sovereign grace to bless and use as an instrument in his redemptive plan. The other leads us to see Mary as one like her son who is the dispenser of divine graces. One leads us to recognize Mary as being a woman of unique blessing and the other leads us to seek her for divine blessing. Gabriel's statement is clear, both in the words that he used and in Mary's understanding of them. God is favoring her. He is bestowing grace to her to be his vessel to bring the Son of God into the realm of humanity. She is not a dispenser of any grace to anyone, but like you and me, she is the needy recipient of the grace that her Son would win at the cross. That's the truth. That is the truth. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission. On Mission.